This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a big kid and a little kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a baby. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, I'm not a mind reader. Plus, Biz juggles plates. Teresa has an announcement, and we welcome back Recommendations Librarian Gwen Glazer of the New York Public Library to talk spooky books. Woo! It's a Halloween month. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> Teresa. Yes. How are you? I'm a little ragey and a little fried. <laughs> um, but I have oh. a really, really exciting announcement. Are you pregnant? No, that would be a different kind of announcement. Um, I am super psyched, you guys. The book that I have been working on over the past year-ish, mm-hmm. two years, the children's picture book about gender identity is now available for pre-order. Woo! Um, yeah, I just discovered that on Amazon the other day. Uh, there it is. Please tell us the title. It's called It Feels Good to Be Yourself, a book about gender identity. And I'm just psyched. And, you know, by the way, Amazon is not the only bookseller. So if you're not into Amazon, this just means you can now ask for it wherever you would like to buy it. That's right. um, Because it is now... They are now taking pre-orders. They are taking. So, I have pre-ordered. Oh, I did it. I pre-ordered. That's did, very did, sweet did, of did, you. Did, did, did. Uh, I'm yeah. so excited about your book. Yeah, thanks. I can't wait to have you on as a guest to talk about <laughs> it when it comes out. <laughs> I know. Well, it was really funny. Last night, Oscar asked me, what's transgender? Yeah. And I was like, dude, what? Because like... <laughs> Come on. Like, don't we, like, this is like the theme of our house. Like, right, it's been right. the theme of our house for the past few years. But, like, you know how little kids oh, are? Yeah. Sometimes they just, they internalize something and then they forget it. Yeah. And so we talked about it and it was like, I, I had that moment again where I was like, I wish I had my book yeah, already. There's my book. But we do have a proof of my book, uh, which is very helpful. But Do-do yeah, it, Oscar. there is no reason why we shouldn't all be having these yes. conversations all the time. And it's Correct. really a beautiful book and I'm just very excited about it. So Yay. yeah, and super appreciative of this community and all the support around it. Already, I so. can't wait. Thanks, Biz. It's- How are you? I... All I'm going to say is I feel like one of those people juggling lots of plates on sticks, you know, where Mm -hmm. you got to keep different things going. The stick plate people. The stick plate people. Those people. Are you on a unicycle at the same time? Uh, Yes. Maybe? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And blindfolded. Yeah. Are Uh, you also a bear? And I'm a bear. Definitely a bear. (laughs) That is how I feel about all the different aspects of my life, and then I'm also still parenting. Mm-hmm. I I just wanted to say, ha, huh, that parenting thing, you got to do it all the time, yeah. regardless of if your mind is on other things yeah. that are equally important yeah. and affect your life. It's so true. And yet you have to still parent yeah. Like, do you ever feel do you ever feel like when somebody asks something of yes. you or tries to make a plan with you or, you know, delegate something to you? Do you ever f- have that feeling of like you kind of want to say to them like, oh, I don't think you understand. I have kids. Yeah. Like, I can't yeah. do, anything. do stuff. Yeah. Like, you can't ask me to. Right. What? Yeah. 
Well, and what's interesting is also like a lot of my plates are big emotional plates. So no one's asking anything of me. These are just, you know, Mm. we are, I am a person in the world with people in my lives. And I, so there's lots of these Mm -hmm. emotional plates. And yet I still have to parent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It does make me get a little toddler-esque. Sure. I get a little, don't you know what? Yeah. I do. Evan, what are you yeah. doing right now? Yeah. Do you see? You know, it's like one yeah. of those things where I'm like, I want to make both kids sit down and write a list of everything I do all day. Uh. You tell me what I do all day. <laughs> right? Like, which is not helpful no. and scarring. Yes. And yet every day I'm like one step closer to say, go to your room and write a list of all the fucking things <laughs> I do for you. And then I just tamp it down, save it for therapy or Stefan. Anyway, so great. I think that that actually ties in a little bit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) parenting does, to what we're going to talk about today, which is I am not a mind reader. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa, before kids... If I were to say to you, I am not a mind reader, I would assume that you would link that to, I would ask you to read my mind and know that I was talking about my partner. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's a, I've always associated the whole like, look, your partner can't read your mind. Yeah. You have to tell them yeah. what you want. Say what you need. Say what you yeah. need so that they can provide it. Mm-hmm. Right? And vice versa. I cannot read your mind. If you were going through something, you have to tell me. Never did I think about that in relationship to my children. And I feel like there are a couple of phases of the not reading your mind. And I feel like I was a lot more forgiving of, like, say, babies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, of course they can't communicate with me, right? I'm very in tune. I can tell what they need, right? And then even toddlers, Mm -hmm. there's a little of that, like, especially in our house, the gameplay I don't know how this game is supposed to work, Uh right? But I feel like in those situations, I've perfected this thing with Ellis currently of he wants to do these battles. I've stepped in it too many times, Mm -hmm. doing the battle wrong to horrible reaction that I now go through and do things like, okay, how will the battle work? Mm -hmm. Who will win the battle? What happens next? How do I attack, right? You know, that kind of thing to survive it. But then I've got this even older child. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I just thought, like I've said often, mm-hmm. things keep surprising me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like with Katie Bell, and I don't know how much of this is just like entering the sort of tweeny, mm-hmm. you know, hormone puberty years, or if it's just my, you know, my how she sees the world or whatever she's going through currently. But she's doing a lot of things in which she's imagining, like, how her life is supposed to be working, even down to these very small scenarios. An example would be Stefan's been traveling. He told me he was going to be landing around 2. So I told the kids he's going to be landing around 2 while you're in school. And then 
later he corrected himself and said, I'm not landing till four. Mm-hmm. Now, I had told both kids, mm-hmm. he's actually not going to be here until dinner time. Okay. And I'd, I'd said mm-hmm. this repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Katie Bell just didn't hear it. She didn't it. hear it. She didn't yeah. hear it or it didn't go where it needed to go in yeah. her brain. Yeah. She was off from school on Monday and at two o'clock she comes wandering in. Mm-hmm. Papa's landed. And I was like, oh, no, no, he's not landing till 4.50. And like, as if I had just shot a dart mm-hmm. at her, like yeah. at her, yeah. she went super emotional, super accusatory, super like, you said he was going to be home at 10. I mean, I'm not going to do the crime. But yeah. I was crying. Yeah. This is, I'm, what was supposed to happen was he comes home earlier. I get to meet him at the door by myself. I get to spend this time oh, with him before. Oh. Like she's she had really, planned that out. She had, yeah. And yeah, I don't mean like, yeah. I wanted to wear a shirt. I mean, she's yeah. got these scenarios yeah. in which I'm going to walk in and say something very mm-hmm. specific. I, right. 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 And then she's yeah. going to say a thing, and then all of these things will happen. It's very scripted. But I haven't gotten the script. Mm-hmm. And my reaction to this is not at all what I thought my mm-hmm. reaction would be. I'm not handling it well at all. Mm-hmm. I am shocked at first and surprised, right? Anytime my child goes from zero to 100, it's surprising. Mm-hmm. You know, I try and rein myself in and give it the like, I'm so sorry that this didn't happen the way you had planned. If I, you know, if you communicate, then I can be more prepared to like full on resentful that she's blaming me, right? Like she's blaming, it feels like she's blaming me. Oh yeah. And my response was to be like, don't blame me for this thing that you created in your mind. And then I feel like a jerk. Yeah. And so that's where I am. Could you possibly relate? Yeah. I, (laughs) I'm just, I'm right there with you because you just described an exact scenario not that specific right. scenario, but just that general turn of events that has been going on in my house for years. Yeah. And it's funny because I was I was noticing even as you were telling the story, like things that I have done to try to mitigate yeah. these situations already, which are things like I never give a time that right. somebody's going to be. Oh, home it's so smart. Or that somebody's coming so over. Smart. I never do yeah. anymore. Um, I also don't. I, I provide the bare minimum information yeah. to allow my kids to have a general sense of, of what to expect <laughs> so for that day. So I mean, because we do schedules yeah. every day and they help a lot. But what I've noticed is because we have three kids and, yeah. th- and needs are constantly changing. That's just it. I don't I can't. There's so much that I can't put on the schedule, but I need to have a schedule. Right. So the schedule often has things like activity TBD. Right. Tracy now knows what TBD means. Yeah. And she's more or less able to manage that we don't know what that activity is going to be at that time. Right. And it's so general. I don't put times. I just put like a general early morning day thing yeah. and lunch. And, and it's the same with like so many other things. Like who's right. going to be there? What's going to what? is the food going to be? Where are we going to eat? What are we going to... I just... Because... And it's interesting because you're such a planner. I know. And that's not how I naturally am. Yeah. But, like, it's interesting because you're you're doing... 
you're doing this thing that is like super helpful overall because right. you are giving your kids the information to be like put at ease and, and feel it they used have control to work over really it. well. Yeah, but then sometimes, well, and the other thing is sometimes you can give that information, yeah. but you have to always be like, but sometimes flights are late. That well, can right. happen, and then that leads into some yeah. other. Huh. Well, see, you that's know. just it. And I'm sorry, I don't want to yeah. break no, no, because no. I want to respond to yeah. this part too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First of all, yes. Major planner, and and there was a time where this worked really well. Yeah. Lots of detail. My kids yes. did great. Yeah, I have done some buffering, and even with this one, like with the trip, if we're going to use that as an example of saying, but we don't know about traffic. Remember how far yeah. the airport right. away is, and like with Ellis, that's still working in his like taught well, you know, yeah. preschool mind. He yeah. still understands, and also I don't think he has again, the grasp of time. Of the way time say, passes, yeah. Katie Bell. Yeah. But even with Katie Bell, she's just like, for me, the added frustration is I have told her things and she just hasn't heard them yeah. or has oh, yeah. forgotten them. Oh, yeah. Which I think is a whole nother topic for us to but do. But that's part of this. Yeah, okay. Because, no, right. I think that's totally okay. because it's the, it's the, the you think, of, why well, aren't you? that's the thing. Yeah. We think we're sending the message yeah. sufficiently. Yeah. And a lot of times we're sending a message that like is pretty, re- like we're pretty reasonably yeah. communicating that. And it's just somehow not getting received. <laughs> For whatever reason, right. for their personality yeah. or their age of development or whatever is going on with them. Or they hate me. Yeah, but one way or another. Right, because in this situation, exactly, you did actually yeah. tell her and she just didn't get that message. Right. And what's interesting is I wonder if it's it's partially like just how she's growing in her own independence yeah. where, you know, maybe at Ellis's age, she might have said to you, well, when mama, when papa comes yeah. home, I'm going to be, I'm going to have time with him, just me before my sibling comes home. And I'm going to say such and such. Right. And you would have had more of a chance to like, you know, prep um, her on that. But now she's like, I'm a person, like I can make my own plans, you know, like I don't need to run this by mama, such you know, a terrifyingly like, good point because she is, I yeah. mean, she's nine. She's definitely entered into the, these are all the things in my control and I'm controlling them and I'm planning them and I want to have, she's asking for this extra independence and, you know, I want to give it to her, but she's still also at that age where like, I want all the extra independence. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's give you these things. And then yet at the same time, I still want you to do X, Y, and Z for me. Yeah. (laughs) Like you, it's all or nothing, which is not what it should be. Right. But in my brain, I'm like, all or nothing. Yeah. You should be an assassin by now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. If, if Get it they, together. If things had gone according to the way I thought this was going to go down, you'd be able to kill a man with your bare hands by now and, like, you know, whatever. Be enrolled in the CIA. I don't know. But, like, what's happening? But, like, you're right. She That probably plays into, for her, she has this, like, very vivid, like, I mean, you know, who doesn't have a fucking, she has a vivid imagination. Uh-huh. Surprise. <laughs> And, like, so much of her life revolves around whatever the she's reading. Yeah. Glad she's reading. Yeah. But, you know, if she could be an orphan in a small room with yeah. magical friends wearing a uniform and a witch, yeah. that would be great. Yeah. And I think, so I think, like, some of it is she's sort of mixing in, you know what, this is great. I don't care. I hate it. And I <laughs> told you guys I'm juggling points. I don't want to fucking understand her. I just want to tell you that, like... It sucks. It sucks so much. And I'm I'm mad at myself at how I'm reacting. Because, like, it's one of those big parenting things you got to do. Yeah. And, like, she does it. And I'm so mad because I'm like, I don't want to be responsible for something I have no idea 
I'm supposed to help you with. I also feel like being responsible for it is not, should not be my job. That should absolutely, you need to take control and ownership of whatever fantasy life you've got. Yeah. And because that's going to grow up to be a weird thing if you're always expecting people to meet your expectations without knowing about it. And the last thing is don't be mad at me. Right. So I, you know, I feel like it's like one more thing I'm supposed to be in charge of that I feel like none of it should be my responsibility, which is a hard thing to explain to a child in a way that doesn't make me a jerk. Right. I think I'm, yes, I'm completely with you (laughs) with every step of that. I think part of why it's so infuriating as a parent in that situation is like we're caught off guard by it. So. When that happens, when the explosion happens about somebody being upset about something we had no idea was coming, right. we were we're already juggling whatever plates yeah. we're juggling in that moment. And if we had thought of this thing that our child had in their head, <laughs> we would have handled it, it somehow yeah. or like dealt with it in advance of this. So obviously we didn't know it was coming. Right. Then it's like a surprise and we're busy and we're getting this emotion thrown at us. And it's a little bit like, what? And now I have to deal with this now? Like, how is this also my fault? Right. And I think it's, it's like one of those things that they say about parenting that you don't really internalize until it's actually happening to you. The way people say that, like, you know, kids just assume everything that sucks in the world is their parents' fault. <laughs> like, their parents, yeah. it's just like everything is their parents' fault. Like, right. every, because their parents, in, in their mind, are solely responsible for the world, for right. their whole world. We are kind of, in yeah, a way, responsible sure. for their world. We set it up. Yeah. <laughs> so we get blamed for a lot of shit. But, like, and so that part of it feels like something we've heard a bunch of times yeah. before and, like, doesn't, isn't that meaningful. Right. But, like, when you, when you think about that dynamic going on, on top of like everything that yeah. we're already doing and thinking about and like trying to manage, yeah. it just feels so unfair. Yes. Like I it have, just yes. feels deeply unfair. I, I have I, listening to you gives me two additional reactions. One is it is unfair because it is you're never going to get rewarded for all that work. Right. That you're definitely yeah. and I am mad about that. Yeah. And two, it makes me feel like it definitely can make me feel like I'm I'm failing as a parent somehow right. on two ways. One, I couldn't read your mind, which is a dumb one. But if you're yeah. juggling too many emotional plates, yeah. that'll trigger it. Yeah. But also, I'll have these moments of like, have I been raising you right so far? Right. That this would be your reaction that right. you, you're not able to handle this or yeah. figure this out or see this yeah. or like see like, am I raising some you know, spoiled, entitled child who expects me to, like, take care of all of yeah. your... Right? It totally Make everything perfect all the time. To, like, yeah. how, old is, how old is she? Where should she be right now? Mm. Where, you know, like, how do I... Is she ready to be an assassin at yeah. this point? If, yeah. If <laughs> this is where she is. Right? Like, I... It really taps into some places for me that can, like... That I know are, like, I'll sit there and I'll say that to myself. Okay. Yeah, I have not failed as a parent. Yeah, this is a thing. It's developmental. I can't read it. And then I, I re- I had this moment. I was standing in the kitchen the other day thinking about this, and I was like, she had just done this like four times in a row, you know, over the course of the day. And I was like thinking about my mom, and I was just like, I, f- I feel like Mama had this ability to let it roll off mm-hmm. of her, and I'm sure she didn't. I'm sure. 
That is my yeah. perspective. Or maybe sometimes. Right. Yeah. Like, I always imagined that I would have, like, some sense of, like, detached humor yeah. about this. Yeah. Where I'd just be able yeah. to be like, that's okay. Yeah. You know, sorry. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. but I'm not, I'm uh-huh. not able to, like, separate myself and I'm mad that I'm not I'm I'm like I know this isn't the end of the world I know she's fine yeah this is totally like a weird thing yeah whatever yeah she'll be fine in two minutes right and my reaction shouldn't be so like disappointed and crushed and hurt yeah because that's just like she'll feel that and it's adding to like what comes next I should just be like okay and then go do something else right and I, I haven't been able to get there and I'm like mad about that yeah yeah and it yeah the whole point that, of this that, is that it sucks. That makes it a lot worse. It all that. <laughs> um, okay, so here's what I here's what I do when I have the okay. energy. All right. I do think that my own like anger and frustration around these explosions and like these yeah. experiences is coming from a place of I consciously or subconsciously feel I should have been able to prevent right. it. And so I'm Immediately, I'm angry that things were going so well. I had it under control. <laughs> I knew, like, we were doing the plan and it was happening. Yeah. And this, and I should have been able to prevent it somehow. And right. the, the way I can deal with it the best is when I recognize this shit's going to happen. Yeah. This is not something I can always prevent. Sometimes right. I can. And even when I do, I may not even know that I prevented a thing from <laughs> happening because things are going smoothly. So I might not right. even notice. But a lot of times, no matter what I do, this is going to happen. And that is, I think that is the way that I'm able to get ever some of that just detached laugh it off. Like, I'm so sorry. That's. That sounds really hard for you right now. Like, (laughs) wow, I had no idea that was going on for you. Yeah. I am here for you. It's going to be okay. Yeah. This is not, and and really just don't take it on. Yeah. Because I think, like, it's hard. It's so hard. It's hard. It's so hard. It's hard. But yeah, but taking it on is where that pain is coming from. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Audible. Introducing Audible Originals, a new member benefit. Audible members now get two Audible Originals and one audiobook each month. Audible Originals are exclusive audio titles by celebrated storytellers from worlds as diverse as theater, journalism, literature, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. Fill your fall with more stories like... American Housewife, a collection of many short stories by my sister, Helen Ellis. Get your first audiobook free and choose two titles from a curated list of Audible Originals with a 30-day trial. Visit audible.com slash badmother or text badmother to 500-500. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. 
Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Here's one from a few weeks ago. Jesse was away and, you know, I've got three kids. I have two dogs. There was a day where the dogs needed to be at doggy daycare. Um, And by the end of the day, I was so tired and haggard and broken. And I knew I needed to get the dogs. But, like, the idea of, like, getting the kids back in the car, all of them, and driving over there in rush hour traffic and then, like, finding parking. And I have to walk my kids all into the place to get the dogs and then walk them back to the car. And it's, like, a busy street. And I was just like, I don't know how to. And then I remembered hearing that our doggy daycare place has a shuttle that you can use to drive your dogs home, which I thought seemed absurd at the time. But then I was like, I could use that right now, and they will just bring my dogs to my house. Whoa. So I called them, and they had room on the shuttle, and they brought my dogs home for me that day. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. It was really great. Good job. It was so worth it. That was a good job. Thank you. I am continuing uh, my commitment to small self-care mm-hmm. during all my emotional plate juggling. I have been not watching TV. I have been sticking solely to the newspaper for my news intake. I have been listening to lots of relaxing music. And I have been obsessively doing Monday crossword puzzles and a Monday crossword puzzle book, which means all easy crosswords. And I just have been like really trying to like be like small, Mm. quieting. I got some stinky candles. Good. That is what I am doing. That's really lovely. Yeah. Good job. Just trying tiny little moments. So good. Good job. Hi, this is Muriel from Portland, Oregon, and I'm pretty sure this is a genius moment. Um, I was waiting for my partner to be off from work, and we were sitting alone in a room uh, with my one-year-old, and I had absolutely no toys or anything for her to entertain herself with. So in this empty room, which was also a breast-pumping room um, at my partner's work, because they're lucky and have a room like that, um, was just pads to play with, like sanitary menstrual pads. So for a while, she was just playing with those all wrapped up and stuff and eventually ended up opening one. And so I took it and it had wings um, with Velcro. So I put the wings around her arms and told her (laughs) she has armor shields. She loved it. Started flopping around and enjoying all of that, and I just thought, I don't know why I didn't see pads this way to begin with. Anyway, um, I'm a new listener, so I'm not sure if anyone else has shared this genius, but I really wanted to join in and let everyone know you're doing a great job. Thank you. The idea that it. someone else might have already <laughs> shared this genius is my favorite part. Oh, no. I'm like, though, there have been tampon toys. We have had. Really? The t- yes. Okay. Like, early on, there was the, okay. like, it's a mouse. 
Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it's a little mouse coming to get you. Whatever. But, like, this, using it. I was like, where is she going with this? Yeah. But using it as, like, armor. Yeah. I was it's like. great. Fuck yeah. So much fun. I love it. You're doing such a good job. Yep. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So my life is a little bit of a shit show right now, and I haven't somehow been able to get it together to keep a, like a clean bath towel hanging outside my shower for myself. Like mm. it got finally so dirty that I just like had to like shove it away, right. but then I didn't like replace it with a fresh one right. for myself. Yeah. And so I ended up toweling off with like a toddler hoodie towel one day after my shower because that was what was there. Yeah. And then that towel proceeded to just hang there for like three <laughs> more days. And every time I would turn off the shower and looked and saw that I had not provided myself a fresh bath towel, but was instead continuing to use this small, sad, used toddler hoodie towel, I felt just so sad. So. Wow. Yeah. That's Wow. That's awful. I really said a jerky thing to Katie Bell. Soon it was one of those things where like, she's sharing something at the same time like she'd spent all the previous night weaving though she doesn't know how to weave and she doesn't want to learn how to weave she can figure it out herself but she's going to get really frustrated every time it doesn't work and you know so the whole night was just her coming out yelling and being mad about it and then going back and trying it again and the next day she was you know still weaving and She's like, Ellis is like, can you teach me how to weave? And she's like, and they decided to call it kabeaving because it's not weaving. Because it's not weaving, guys. <laughs> and so she's like, yeah, first you do this. Then she's giving him the lessons. And then I say, and don't forget to then get really mad and upset. Yeah. And then start again. Yeah. And as soon as the words yeah. came out of my yeah. mouth. Yeah. I realized how mean they were, uh-huh. and she gave me that. Like, I mean, I just watched her just kind of go. Pfft. Yeah, and I, I just I'm sorry. It it's, was yeah. It was. It wouldn't have even been nice to say to an adult. I you know, know what I mean? I, I, I just was not at my best. Yeah, I really felt that. Yeah, I it, apologized. It happened, but I just was like, wow. Yeah. Hey, one bad mother. This is a fail. Um, I have three kids. The oldest is a teenage boy, and the other two are elementary age girls. And today, after just a full day of feeling very depleted, my son comes to me because it's a long weekend and says, can we go see this movie? And he's been asking me to see this movie, see this movie, see this movie. And it's never at a convenient time. (laughs) And it's never at a convenient theater. But I was, like, just so tired of him asking that I was like, fine, fine, we'll go to this movie. And then I proceeded to act so resentful about going to this movie that my daughters picked up on it. And so then they started acting resentful. And so we all climbed in the car and we drive to the theater, all of us. And my son is just so depressed because he's like, oh, wow, you guys really don't want to go to this movie. And now we're going because of me. And now I feel bad. And I have terrible self-esteem because I'm a teenager. And here I am, his mom. And why? Why did I 
why did I do that? Why did I decide to take him to the movie and then make him feel shitty about it? I should have just said no to the movie because I was tired and depleted. Or if I was going to take him, I should do it with a good attitude. Why would I shoot myself in the foot like that? So now his sisters, every we're, we're just all in a bad mood about it. And it's my fault because I failed. So I'm going to try to redeem this evening because I just need to do that. Thank you for listening. You guys are doing a great job. Bye. Yeah. yeah. First off, I just want to say good job calling yeah. kind of in the moment to get yeah. it off your chest. Because, I mean, that's just that lots of times, partner or no partner, we do something shitty and there's, like, no one to tell. And you need to tell somebody to, yeah. like, be able to move on. Yeah. But this, this is that, like, it's so true. We yes. get a mood and it's contagious. Totally. And... And we've all been we've there, all like saying, "Like fine," and yeah. then just just to make it go away. I, I, mean, I just I relate just, to this story so much. I know, yeah. I know. You, yeah, you do suck. Sure, but you are also doing a good job. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Kapari. Kapari's aluminum-free deodorant fights odor with sage oil and coconut oil and is designed to outlast your longest days. You guys, Biz and I both use Kapari. We are converts. <laughs> it just feels really good. It works really well. Um, and there's nothing like icky about it. I don't know what to say. It's just, it's a really fantastic product. It's also free of silicone, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, and baking soda. This is Kapari's number one selling product, and my pits believe it. <laughs> Get Kapari shipped to you automatically with their subscription program. Go to kaparibeauty.com slash badmother to save $5 off your first order when you subscribe. That's kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I, beauty.com slash badmother. Teresa, let's call someone today. Boo! (laughs) (laughs) This week, in our continuing tribute to the month of... October, we are welcoming back Gwen Glazer, who's the Recommendations Librarian at the New York Public Library and co-host of the Librarian is In podcast. You may remember her from episode 163, where she suggested picture books for working moms and books to help talk about race and activism with your kids, or episode 195, where she guest hosted with me, where we talked about how helpful books can be. And we are now having her her back to talk about spooky books. Welcome back, Gwen. Hooray. Thank you so much. Yay. Yay. So in honor of the month of spooks, uh, we're changing up our question that we ask our guest. And so we would like to know what ghosts live in your house? (laughs) Okay. So I feel like I should preface this whole thing by saying I am afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a total chicken, Teresa. Mm-hmm. I totally hear you. Okay. I do not. Yeah. Good company. <laughs> yes, for sure. So 
I really hope that no ghosts actually live in our house. <laughs> but <laughs> it is also true, though. So we have a dog named Moose who is some kind of lab basset hound mix. We're not really sure exactly what <laughs> Moose's genetic deal is, um, but he barks a lot, way too much. And most of the time you can tell what he's barking at. It's like the mailman. It is the, you know, the delivery truck. It is whatever. But every once in a while, he will bark at something that no one knows what it is. And it really freaks me out because I'm kind of convinced <laughs> it's a ghost. It is. It's a ghost. Don't turn around. <laughs> right? It's the only explanation. It is. It is the only do logical not, explanation. Do not, Gwen. You should know by now. Do not, under any circumstances, tell Biz a story and then finish it with, does that mean there's a ghost? <laughs> you will not get the answer that you want. Yes. It's You're like, right. It's like oh a ghost. You will always say I yes. Know by now. I should know by now better than to do that. I uh, love it. Ghosty, ghosty spooks. All right. Speaking of spooks, I want to first just talk a little bit about maybe some of our favorite uh, Halloween books and spooky things. Thing. So I want to start by asking you, and I'm going to ask Teresa too, and I'm going to share my own. Do you have like a favorite Halloween book that you either remember as a kid or one that you've seen now? Let's start with you, Gwen. Okay. So I have two ways I can answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you one that I like now that isn't very scary, or I can tell you my least favorite one as a kid. Oh, do both. Both. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the one that I really love now for really little kids is called Duck and Goose Find a Pumpkin. Yes, I have oh, a yeah. book. We have that book. Yeah. Isn't that so cute? I just absolutely love that book. It was one of my son's favorites when he was really little and I just find it totally adorable. I love how they like tweak each other. They're yeah. two friends. They go looking for a pumpkin. They're yeah. It's just it's pretty the title says it all pretty much. <laughs> it does. <laughs> they go looking for a pumpkin. Now what yep. did you hate? As a child. <laughs> okay. So I can think of a couple, actually. <laughs> but the one the one that's the most present in my mind is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yes, yes. Mm. I was just asking Katie Bell if she could remember the title of this to share on the story. God. Oh, my gosh. And then, okay, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Did you did you both read those when you were younger? I don't remember that. Okay, I rem- okay. I didn't remember them until Mama sent a copy for Katie Bell, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a year or two ago, and I started going through them with her, and I was like, I forgot how absolutely terrifying <laughs> the, yes. the cover is just this like monstrous guy and like oh, it's the no, <laughs> yes, the cover is terrifying. Yeah. Yes, and I did not own this book because, as previously mentioned, I was terrified of everything, so I definitely was going to be terrified of this. But my best friend, Jill, growing up, owned a copy of this book, and we were both so scared of it that we hid it. We we actually hid it on her bookshelf. We turned it facing front, which doesn't make sense in retrospect, and then we put all the other books in front of it. But the thing with that was it totally backfired because it only made it scarier because then we'd move all the other books, and that book was still there. Yeah, I know. You'd be oh like, it's like, you pull a book out and you see the other book yes. behind it peeking out exactly. at you. <laughs> exactly. Oh. oh, my God. That creepy skull yes. on the cover. Oh, my gosh. It was so terrifying. So, yeah, those that book, so one of the scariest things about it is 
was written by Alvin Schwartz. And one of the scariest things is the illustrations, which are yeah. done by Stephen Gamel. Um, and actually, another one of our librarians was talking about how this book, like, totally changed her life because it instilled this love of horror in her forever. Oh, yeah. And she still loves it. And I was like, wow, that changed my life because I think that I was forever afraid of horror because of it. <laughs> Oh, that's the whole point of spooky books. Uh, It just just separates us into our two categories. Teresa, what about you? So I can't remember back to when I was real little, but I do remember, I must have been maybe around sixth grade, I was re- I got really into the Fear Street books by mm. R.L. Stein. Oh, and yeah. it's weird because, I again, I was afraid of everything. Yeah. And I don't know how, I must have gotten so into crazy. it because of a friend or something. And yeah. I somehow got really hooked on them. And I read a lot of them. And I remember some of them being like a little too much for me. Yeah. Like feeling like kind of like, Oh God! I wish I hadn't read that, but I was kind of hooked, and so I kept mm-hmm. I kept going, and so I guess I guess that's a story of I I really liked those books. <laughs> yeah, and we're also having oh my RL, gosh, yeah. we're also having R.L. Stein on the show later on this month. I know, oh, yeah. like no the way. biggest yeah. get I think we've ever gotten. Yeah, very exciting. <laughs> I'm like R.L. Stein, awesome. I'm freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so what do you have you? one now? Do you have one now, Teresa, that you like to read with the kids? Uh, yeah, I think our current favorite is My First Ghost. Yeah, who we, we had on, featured last, on last week. week. Yeah, yeah, last mm-hmm. week's show. Yeah. So my favorite as a kid, well, not my favorite, like the one that I remember the most as a kid was, again, sort of like a small chapter book called Halloween with Morris and Boris, which was <laughs> <laughs> Boris the bear and Morris the miss, and Boris is trying to explain Halloween customs to Morris, and Morris is not bright, and so it's a lot of sort of like Amelia Bedelia style stuff, but not as like like scarring emotionally uh-huh. or traumatic as Amelia Bedelia is. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's a really it's just silly, fun you know Halloween book kind of thing that's really fun, and we have a copy of it now, which is good. But actually, one of our favorite Halloween books now is called Halloween Bugs. Katie Bell was very little. She was like a baby and we were in South Carolina for a comedy festival thing and Stefan and I were like pushing her around like parents who were able to go do things. (laughs) And there was this little fundraiser set up at this farmer's market where people had taken beat up books and restored them and were selling them to raise money for the library. And it was this sort of little pop-up book about like very scary Halloween mm-hmm. bugs. Like you'd open a door and there'd be this crazy bug behind it, like a monster bug. Like I gotcha bug and stuff like that. All of the, <laughs> both kids love this book still. I love this book and it's just held up so well as this little book that had been so broken and then was repaired. Aww. And, and it just like my heart. It's adorable. Just like my heart. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, let's get into recommendations. Okay, let's start with your recommendations for Halloween spooky books for for kids. And, you know, you're the queen librarian. You can tell us age (laughs) breakdowns and all that. Everybody get your pencils out. Don't worry. We'll make a list. Right, right. Yes, we will make a list. (laughs) And I actually asked my a lot of my librarian colleagues for suggestions about these, too, because especially for the picture books and stuff, people have such good things that they read out loud at story time. And like, they have really great suggestions. So one of the ones that I really liked 
that somebody suggested. And also, I remember this being read out loud at a story time that I took my son to when he was really little. And I was like, this is much too scary for him. And of course, he totally loved it. It was called Creepy Carrots by Aaron Reynolds. And it is, it has these great illustrations, these black and white illustrations with these like vibrant orange neon carrots. Um, And it's about Jasper Rabbit. And he loves going to Krakenhopper Field. And he eats carrots, and he loves these carrots, and they're super delicious until the carrots start following him. <laughs> spooky. spooky. It's actually not that spooky, but it is spooky. <laughs> but that that's a great book with great illustrations, and I think appropriate. I mean, obviously, you have to know your kid best, and right. you're the only one who can really tell if they're going to be like psychologically scarred by these books. <laughs> um, but this one is this one is pretty innocuous in the end. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, that's great. There was another one that someone suggested that I love the sound of. This one is called Monster Trucks by Annika Denise. Um, And they called it an adorably spooky tale of ghoulish vehicles who come together to race. And the thing that I like about it the best is that the hero of the story is a devilish minivan. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) Right? Right? (laughs) Yes. That's very relatable. (laughs) Right? (laughs) There are all these like... All these big monster trucks who are all big and bad are like having this race and then this minivan comes and is the hero of the story. I love that. It's just nice because there's that contingent of kids that just need whatever it is to be a little bit about vehicles in some way. That's right. Like right. kind of need to have. I'm just going to need this yeah, to have some cars. Whatever it is. Halloween is fine, but there's got to be vehicles That's involved. Right. <laughs> totally. Oh, give us another one. Give us another one. Okay, okay. And so The Yark is another one the that I Yark. really like. I've Have you heard of heard that of book? This. No. So it's been compared to Lemony Snicket. Um, yeah. It's for maybe a slightly older kid. And I think it was translated from the French, actually. Ooh. But it's also really funny, which I love. I love the addition to, of funny to creepy stuff. Yeah. Um, and so it's about this monster that eats kids. But when he eats bad kids, who are the ones he's supposed to eat, it makes him sick. And so he goes and tries <laughs> to find good kids to eat. And he does this by... He's trying, he steals a list from Santa to find all of the good kids. And then this girl that he tries to go and eat is like, oh, wait a minute. He doesn't like bad kids. Now I have to be bad. And so she starts to find all of these ways to be bad. And I love that. I thought it was so funny and cute. And I also kind of like the way that it plays with the idea of like, we don't really say good and bad to kids anymore, right? right? Especially about themselves, like to label themselves good or bad. And so it's it's this sort of like throwback to talk about like, yeah, this is kind of how a lot of people used to talk to their kids. Yeah. And we, right, I, I just, I love that aspect of it too. Like, oh, you're a bad kid. Like it, it feels even naughty to say it now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. get on our band and talk about bad kids. I love it. I love right. it. Those are fun. We just found, I just found a new one that I've been reading to Ellis and Katie Bell always comes in to listen to, and it's called Stumpkin. And it's about a pumpkin who his stomp is very short. This <laughs> is Stumpkin. Mm-hmm. But he's like on the shelf. It's clearly Brooklyn. It's clearly like a Brooklyn bodega. Anyway, he's with all these other pumpkins. And it just talks about all these other pumpkins are getting picked. But he's still such a great pumpkin. It's like it's also very cheery. It's Aww. not like they're ever like... No one's going to pick this horrible pumpkin. <laughs> it's just that he doesn't get picked. But then it turns out that 
uh, he wasn't going to be taken to someone else's home because he was already at home because the shopkeeper carved him up. (laughs) 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 Used him for that. But it's so beautifully illustrated. It's like beautifully kind of like illustrated and simple and black and white and orange. And uh, it was just kind of a fun, sweet book that uh, we've been doing. Did he want to get carved? Yeah, yeah. I guess they all wanted to get oh, carved. So the first pumpkin gets taken away, and everybody's like, well, all the pumpkins are worried about where that pumpkin went. And then they see the pumpkin across the street in a window in one of the apartments. And they're like, oh, it's a jack-o'-lantern. How great. And, uh. <laughs> and then, like, one by one, they're taken, and they show up in the windows. Again, I can put a horror slant oh, sure. on all of these yeah. things. But yeah. we want to get slaughtered, we too. We want to get slaughtered, too. <laughs> right. now we're Come carve us with a knife. Yeah. Right. Now we're going to rot right away. Right away. <laughs> Thrown away. So that's a sweet one that we've been doing. There's now, the, sorry, yeah. I have mixed feelings about Dr. Seuss overall, but I, re- I just remembered <laughs> that one with the pants with nobody inside them. Yeah. That's a great one. And it's so short. I think it comes in the Sneetches book because we have the Sneetches oh, book. Yeah. And then there's a couple short stories afterwards. Yeah. But the pants mm-hmm. with nobody inside them, it feels like it's going to be terrifying. Yeah. It's actually very creepy the way it starts. And then it ends up very warm and uh, actually has a really nice lesson. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. We just, Ellis picked out of the Halloween box of books because we keep a box of just Halloween books for Halloween. And he pulled out The Little Old Lady Who Is Afraid of Nothing. Have either of you read this one? Mm -hmm. It's like very 70s looking illustrations, but it's the little old lady. She's afraid of nothing. And she like lives in the woods in like a cabin because it's a long time ago. And she's like walking home from, you know, the market. And first there's like a pair of shoes, clomp, clomp, following her. And she's like, I'm not afraid of you. And then it's a pair of pants, clomp, clomp, you know, shake, shake. And it's a shirt. I think it's the most terrifying Uh thing I've ever read. Both kids love it. They read it at the preschool. <laughs> I'm just like, this is terrifying. Clomp, clomp, wiggle, wiggle. Like they, yeah. Uh, ah. yeah. Anyway, good times. Great. Now, before we spend the whole show talking about only books for kids, let's move up in age. And and just so everybody knows, Gwen has several recommendations. Uh, we're just pulling out a few for the show. And again, we are going to link everybody up to the full list. Now let's talk about older. Books for okay. older. Okay, so older kids, I have a couple of these too. So one of my good friends is a middle school English teacher, mm. and she recommended the Spirit Hunters series by Ellen O. to me, which sounds so good. It's another haunted house story and a ghost story, and it's a mystery. And the it's a series, and it stars a girl named Harper Rain, who's a new seventh grader in town. They move to a new house, and she doesn't like her new house, and everybody says that the house is haunted. Yeah. And so, yeah, it actually sounds a little goosebumpsy, but also like higher stakes and with the same character recurring and coming back to the whole series of books. Well, that's good. I like that. That's I'm like, I'll go pick that up for yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. All right. What else? So you like that one. There's also... Um, and this one is like very much on the cusp of sort of we we say middle grade, which is which is usually like uh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and then 
divided up into middle grade and YA, mm-hmm. which is like ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, which obviously this is very loose and lots of kids are reading, you know, stuff that's sort of traditionally categorized as younger and lots of people are reading stuff that's categorized as older. Yeah. Um, but very generally, this one kind of like nobody knew where to put it in the library because it was so creepy and we couldn't figure out who it was for. And it was about a, like a little kid, but it was also so scary that nobody was really sure where to put it. Oh. So I think we were actually, right? We wound up doing both and putting it in both YA and children's, which I thought was really interesting. But, what? So what's um, the book? Okay. It's called Thornhill by oh. Pam. I, I know this Ma- book. Oh, you do? Yeah. Katie Bell's read it. <laughs> oh, she has? We've oh, got, my gosh. Because it's like half illustrated, right? It's the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a graphic novel. Yeah, it's a graphic novel, Thornhill. This is part of why Katie Bell wants to wear uniforms all the time, I'm pretty sure. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead and explain it, though. But Katie Bell's read this. Oh, I'm, I'm very curious to hear Katie Bell's review. Um, yeah. But it is... So it's like these two stories. It's sort of a time travel ghost story yeah. where there's this creepy haunted house um, and then this girl is living across the street from it and she winds up getting lured into the house by a girl who we as the reader know is a ghost but she doesn't know that. Right. And so the house across the street used to be this like boarding school for girls and it's abandoned and there's creepy puppets. Like nothing's creepier than a puppet, right? <laughs> Maybe I should have read this before <laughs> I gave it to Katie Bell. I was like, it's beautiful! <laughs> It's well, it's, it is, and it is super <laughs> so beautiful. beautiful. Is she having nightmares about no, it, about creepy no, puppets? No, not at all. Oh, not okay. All. But I'm listening to you describe it, and I'm like, oh, oops. <laughs> no, no nightmares. No, I'm 100% sure that she is braver than I am about these books. 100% sure. With you and her mom, no let, doubt. Let's remember, her takeaway was uniforms. Yeah. Okay. That was the most important <laughs> part. Yeah. I, that's really funny. I'm struggling to remember uniform. It's a boarding the, school. There's a uniform. Yeah. There were lots of questions about boarding schools. Uh, we've just uh-huh. decided to label Katie Bell as formal and fun. <laughs> She's funny, formal, but fun. Anyway, keep going about that's the book. So I'm I'm so curious that yeah. that's what she took away from it because the boarding school is presented not, as horrible. Yeah, like these girls are really mean to the girl who is the ghost. And yeah. I don't think we ever see them, like, on the page. So, like, there's only there would only be one person wearing yeah. a uniform. I know. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll put anyway. you two on the phone at some point in time. <laughs> yes. Please do. I, I love to have reviews from kids. That's always, like, the most valuable feedback. <laughs> and then, actually, I was going to recommend the new R.L. Stein book. That was it was edited by R. L. Stein called Scream and Scream Again. It's an anthology with lots of authors who I think are feel like many of us are feeling very nostalgic for Goosebumps stories. Mm-hmm. And Goosebumps, it's funny, Teresa, because I read Fear Street stuff too, and I especially remember Chain Letter. Do you remember that one? Mm-mm. <laughs> I don't remember like <laughs> I anything. Yeah, I don't remember anything specific. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I was, but Goosebumps scared me too much. Like I couldn't read Goosebumps. I found them I, when I was the right age for so, them. I found them so way was, too freaky. Was Fear Street like the tame version? of Goosebumps or something. Like, I, I don't know why, because it's the only series I ever read that was like that. I'm going to buy uh-huh. and a I whole set. Don't, I'm, I'm really honestly <laughs> curious, like, was did it just, like, work for me somehow? Or, like, was it actually not that scary? So... I think the answer to that is both. <laughs> I think that it was Fear Street was pitched as older than Goosebumps. It was for like slightly older yeah. teenagers. And yeah. I don't know if it was teenagers, maybe like young teenagers and Goosebumps is for kids. Yeah. So mm. 
I was too scared as a kid for Goosebumps, uh-huh. but Fear Street was okay also because they were mixing in a lot of soap opera elements of yeah, it. Like, yeah, it was yeah. definitely influenced by, like, Sweet Valley High yeah, yeah. and, like, Babysitter's Club and That's that kind of stuff. That's probably why I yeah. liked it, because I used <laughs> right. to read both of those other series, yeah. Yep, yeah. me too. That's right. <laughs> um, whereas Goosebumps are, like, standalone stories that really are just designed to scare you. Nice. And I think there are recurring characters in the Goosebumps series. Like, they come back, but it doesn't have that, like, soapy element for that's specifically pitched for teens. But so the new R.L. Stein book is called Scream and Scream Again, which is so funny. And it's an anthology with lots of different authors who are writing these Goosebumps-ish stories. And it's really, it's really fun. It's like, you got your mummies, you have your zombies, you have, like, possessed demon dogs or whatever. Like, there's all, it, I feel like it's hitting a lot of the really, like, sort of fun and funny horror stuff. I love it. Yeah. All right. Now, I am an adult, and I want to be scared. What can you recommend for me? (laughs) Okay. I have two. So one is I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. That sounds horrible. I knew I was going to hate hearing (laughs) these titles. (laughs) (laughs) The worst thing about this book, too, is that it's true crime. Like, it's real. No. Yeah, and it's also California. It's set in California. But (laughs) about about this one particular book, it actually, the story that she's writing about, she helped solve the crime. So it's actually over. And it's okay. Did you hear about this book? It it was was recent. He was arrested in April of 2018. Yeah, this is the woman. I do know the story, not the the crime story, but Michelle McNamara, uh, who wrote it, was married to Pat Oswald. She passed away recently, but she had like spent her whole life, well, not her whole life, but a lot of her years, years yeah. sort of invested in this crime, like as an amateur mm-hmm. detective. I mean, I don't want to say amateur detective, but like, because that makes it sound like it's like one of my cozy. But she actually helped solve it. But she actually helped yeah. solve right. it. Yeah. And then Patton Oswald uh, th- helped finish writing the book after she passed away. It was, oh, this was like on NPR and stuff. Yeah, this yeah. is supposedly a great book. Yeah, it is. I have not read this book. Way yeah. too scared. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah is... it's, it's supposed to be really great. And she was, I mean, I think she was like consumed by this yeah. story. She spent decades researching it there was i was watching um a couple videos and things and interviews with Patton oswald about it and he would he was talking about how she like you know had a new lead and so she was like we have to leave this award ceremony early because i have to go and interview this person because she was just like so deeply invested in this um and her research did help i think find this killer it's this it's the story about a serial killer and a serial rapist who was terrorizing people in california for a very long time yeah yeah, and he and the book was published in February, and he was arrested in April. That's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. All right, now something scary, but not as terrifying. Okay. <laughs> can you take it down yes, a notch? <laughs> yes, okay, yes, I can take it down a slight notch, although this is also based on a debatably true story. Ah, um, damn it! It is, but it's from 1892. Does that make it better? I guess. A little. Okay. <laughs> It's called See What I Have Done by Sarah Schmidt. Again, super freaky title. (laughs) And my colleague Lynn, who reads a ton of new books all the time, uh, called this the ultimate Halloween book um, because she said it's a really intense psychological thriller. It has this really visceral imagery, and it's based on the Lizzie Borden story. Oh, that's good. 
Yeah, it's That's really good. Thing. Even the cover of this book scares me. It's this is like a scary story to tell in the dark level scary cover. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like a pigeon head and it's like a drawing of a very realistic pigeon head and then it looks like it's melting sort of yeah. very gross and scary. That's great. <laughs> hey, you asked for it. I love it. I love it. This is great. This is great. I'm not going to read any of these things. This is great. I'm just going to go back to the boogeyman. Actually, I will never reread the boogeyman. Ever. Ever. It was that, that disturbing to me. Sounds terrifying. It was. It was terrifying. Yeah. Don't read it. Gwen, yeah. thank you so much for joining us and pulling together these recommendations. And we'll link everybody up to the list. And uh, they should also check out your podcast. The librarian is in. And we just always love having you on to talk about books. Oh, thank you. I love coming on to talk about books. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween to you. Bye. 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 Talk to you later. Welcome, everyone, to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait, could it be? It's Titan Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Titan Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tights and Fights podcast. Tights and Fights. Hey, readers. All of you bookworms, comic geeks, library junkies, literary fiction lovers, bibliophiles, and nerds. Want to get more out of your reading life? Listen to Reading Glasses. I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We want to help you read better. Join us every Thursday on Maximum Fun's new podcast while we talk about book culture and solve your reader problems. Reading Glasses will teach you how to vanquish your to-be-read pile, connect with other readers, and get more reading into your busy day. No matter what you read or how you read it, we'll help Help you you do do it better better. (laughs) that's cute everything's coming up spooky around here (laughs) those were some really amazing and terrifying recommendations i feel like hearing the titles yeah was enough enough. (laughs) and like that's great and that's great i I went on a journey (laughs) and i'm just gonna be recovering for the rest of the day that's good good just go home and just fill yourself with as many like bright light Mm -hmm. yeah that's going to be reading my first ghost over and over and over over again (laughs) but not in my voice no (laughs) oh well you know what's also uh spooky and fun and we'll just replay over and over in our heads (laughs) that is a mom having a breakdown hey one bad mother this is a rant um i just really feel like i suck (sighs) 
And yeah, I'm just sucking right now a lot. I have no patience. And my two and a half year old who decided she wanted to be potty trained like six weeks ago was doing awesome. She was doing so great. She completely exceeded all my expectations. We've had like no accidents and she even is freaking night trained somehow. Like I don't understand how she did it, but she did it. And then we started school and more importantly, I went back to work um, because I have a three and a half month old and I just work part time. But apparently my going back to work um, just fucked her world up because she now like won't pee unless it is in her specific Elmo potty at her house in a specific location and she's needing multiple outfit changes a day at preschool and she screams and cries anytime I take her anywhere in public because she holds her pee in. She's probably going to give herself a UTI and I just, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. And I know it's probably not that big of a deal. And in 10 years, I'm going to look at this and laugh, but I just have no patience for any of it. And she's just really fucking hard. And I, I suck right now is how I feel. And so I'm sitting in my basement um, staring at the washing machine and dryer because I have to do the laundry and then go back upstairs and put her to bed and wash the dishes and do everything else and go to work tomorrow. And thanks for listening because I feel like I just needed to put out in the universe that I just suck right now. So you're doing a good job. Have a good day. First of all, you're doing an amazing job. Yeah, you are. You, I mean, you really are. Yeah. This is, and second, this is a really big deal. Mm-hmm. That, like, I totally understand the logic, and I've said it myself, of the, you know what, 10 years from now, I'm not going to think about this right. ever again. Yeah. <laughs> like, it won't, I won't even remember it enough that I'll be able to relate to somebody going through it, yeah. right? We are not 10 years from now. We are right now. Yeah. And this is when this is happening. And it's completely out of your control, despite it feeling like it should be somehow within your control. You going back to work is not responsible for what's going on with your daughter. Yeah. You know, it is. I mean, I drove around with a potty in the back of the car for almost a year. Yeah. And if I took Ellis places, we were going to have to go potty in the car. I mean, and th- and things trigger things. Yes. And like I because we had a really bad regression mm-hmm. with Oscar after a similarly like amazing like month or two, yeah. which I will never understand why it happened that way. Right. Like I and I felt like I sucked, too. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I I just I really yeah, feel where you're at. It's hard knowing all the stuff that's happening. You have a three and a half month old. Yeah, too. Hey, I mean, f- FYI, that's enough. That's a lot. Yeah, that's and a like, little baby. Yeah, that's gotta, so enough. Of course, like, I mean, let's go back to the plates, guys. Yeah, you know, like so a many. lot is yeah. being juggled here. Yeah, 
And regressions happen and they're frustrating and they're an easy thing to turn around and use as a mirror Mm -hmm. to, you know, put blame on yourself or, or judge yourself. But, you know, you're doing a remarkable job. Yeah, you are. And your feelings are 100% valid. Yeah. And we have felt that way, too. And it sucks because we're going to feel that way again about something. I mean, it's like that's how I'm feeling right now with the whole, like, Katie Bell reacting the way she reacts mm-hmm. to stuff. I feel like I suck. Mm-hmm. How do I not? Am I not able to do that? Ellis is never going to eat anything other than fucking peanut butter and jelly. I suck right and like he's coming home with these like sayings that you know his teachers are saying to him oh, God. and i'm like yeah ah! yeah so like I, so the the bad news is <laughs> this is something we just keep going through yeah which also sucks yeah but you're still doing a remarkable job you really are and you are not alone nope at all Teresa, yeah. What did we learn today? That we suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. I think we just learned. I don't know. I didn't really want to learn much this week. Yeah. I just wanted to say how much I hate. Yeah. This aspect of parenting that I feel is totally overlooked, and yeah. no one sees that work that you're doing. Yep. And wah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, and it. I feel like it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's. It's a thing that's, like, out of our control, yes. and yet somehow we're still responsible for it. Yeah. So that's really Right. And I just want to say, the I, there are some things that you said that were helpful, and I'm going to take away. But I'm not going to recap them. Okay. Because I'd rather just be sad and mad. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. We also learned that there are books for everyone mm-hmm. during the Halloween season. Some that are not scary, that are sweet and fun, and some that are downright scarring. (laughs) I'm looking at you, adult books, based on real-life situations. Ah! Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. Yeah. You really are. Good job, guys. So much of this just isn't seen, and I, like, that that you're having to do, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a untasty layer on Mm -hmm. a sometimes shit sandwich that is called parenting. And yeah, I just, you're all doing remarkable. And I hope you remember that. Be nice to yourself and be nice to each other. And you're all doing a great job. Teresa, I am so excited about your book. Thanks. I cannot wait to get my copy when it comes out. You're doing such a good job job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. 
To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash One Bad Mother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not blow down Mama's room. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not blow down Mama's room. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.